I looked up your um, uh, little 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 boy podcast on iTunes, and <laughs> there's a uh, an explicit tag. Now. I feel like I'm on Deaf Comedy Jam. What is the deal here? Like you're definitely on Deaf Comedy Jam. I, I just I feel like I I have a duty almost to iTunes to fulfill that explicit tag. I I want you to know right off the beginning you can say whatever you want, and you know word wise. There will be no bleeping. There will be no censoring. So hairy man eggs. Okay, that's that's good. That's a start. Maybe we should just pepper the podcast throughout with the worst things to say ever. Okay, done. It's gonna happen at the most random moments. It's kind of early. I think this is the earliest I've ever done a podcast. Nice, nice. You have that distinction. Well, that's fantastic. You know, I had to I had to do a little pre pro for this one. Okay. Okay. I got up and did my pre-podcast routine, first of all. Wait, you drink a glass of, of raw eggs? Yeah, I slam like eight raw eggs. <laughs> run up some run up some stairs. Bill Conti's going the distance in the background, yeah. Do you punch giant slabs of hanging beef? I, I punch giant sticks of celery. I'm a vegetarian trainer. You completely missed an opportunity to say that's what she said. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a wasted opportunity, because that would have been an extremely <laughs> clever remark. Gosh, you're right. It's too early. I got to get my podcast circuits going here. I mean, come on, Will. Come on. I'm, I'm off my game. That was the Fabergé egg of opportunity. <laughs> That's the it. Fabergé comedy egg right there. It was. Unbelievable. Can't th- that go ungoofed? Yeah. Well, in addition to being the earliest podcast, this is going to be Podside number 10. Do you realize that? Wow. This is double digits. Holy macaronis. 10 podcasts I've wow, made now. Wow, gaping vagina. <laughs> just gaping gaping just 10 gaping gaping vagina that's incredible not only is this the 10th pod side and by the way 10 that's a good number i'm just saying right now that's a good number i like it i like a 10 i mean just off the top of my head there are only seven wonders of the world that's true there are now 10 pod sidens. you know what number i'm not a fan of <laughs> i'm not a fan of 12 really okay I just don't. Eleven is is interesting. It's the double one. It looks kind of fascinating on paper. Uh, really? Thirteen has the lucky unlucky distinction. What is twelve? It's useless. Well, eleven. Why is eleven so fascinating to you? Because some would say that you know one is a very. It's only fascinating because it's the first one. It's Visually, true. it, it, it's it is not, the loneliest number. But then you have eleven. What you do with eleven is you have two ones and you put them together and you get eleven. Maybe this is a personal. Maybe this is a personal choice. My hatred of the number twelve. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was more universal. Uh, I, I I apologize. I assumed I, everyone shared my hatred of the number twelve. But anyway, my pre-podcast routine. After I slam like my raw eggs, and I've mm-hmm. got you know I've mm-hmm. got the Rocky music playing. I go find a staircase to ascend somewhere. Mm-hmm. So and and the only staircase that's nearby is the actual staircase that's outside my apartment. So it's it's like. My, I'm waking up my neighbors. Do you punch the sky? Do you shadow box? Uh, I don't know what that is. What is shadow boxing? Shadow boxing is when you punch the air, when you box the shadows around you. Can I say something? The name of that activity is far cooler than it should be. I, I don't know. That doesn't work for me. To me, shadow boxing is you are fighting at least 10 people in pitch black. Right. Relying, it be so- yeah. relying solely on your instincts. <laughs> on your <laughs> On your instincts, on your not instincts. sight. Then sight would not be one of the instincts. Like just relying on your ability to sense the waves, motions through the air, and the movements. Just instinctual. Speaking of that, 
Jillian and I had a very interesting conversation about you recently. Uh-oh. Uh, which I'm sure you love to hear prefaced before any story. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. We were talking about the fact that you do not have a sense of smell. Yeah. And a lot of people talk about, like, without a sense of sight, your other senses are heightened. Yeah. And I thought it would be hilarious if you, like, lost all senses but taste, and you could just taste everything, like, to just a massive degree. But anyway, our, our conversation about you is we were wondering if, because of your lack of smell, if, if that heightened other senses, or if that was just a shitty situation for your life. To no, be. it's just rough luck. No, I have no heightened other... I mean, I, I, I have... My vision is fine. I think my hearing is fine. My hearing... I well, that's, explore... super, that's super depressing. I was hoping that you would have had <laughs> at least some minor increase in another sense. That would be incongruous with the rest of my life, though, wouldn't it? I mean, it's, it, that doesn't really make sense. That, well, yeah, that's, that's a, a valid point. Yeah. I want to go back to where all I can do is taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do I – if I approach someone I don't know, do I lick them? I, I assume so. Wasn't that the whole thing with that Helen Keller girl? Couldn't she like – Yeah, she licked everybody. That's what she, she like, did. put water in her mouth and she's like, water or something like that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, Helen Keller, as far as I know, she was blind and deaf. And, and, then she and was dumb, t- right? Could she not speak or something like that? Or Well, deaf people can sometimes have a hard time speaking, right? Okay, you're right. If they're born deaf, it's hard, it can be hard for them to develop speech. Well, that is, that's, I thought that she could only taste. That's really super depressing as well. I mean, she could, what do you mean she could only taste? She could feel, she had a sense of feeling. She had hands? <laughs> <laughs> no, she was okay. not like a, a limbless, deaf, dumb, and blind girl. That would oh, literally be the worst. Like, that just, would be... How awful would that be? That oh would be the God. worst thing that is. That would be the worst existence anyone has ever had. <laughs> oh, man. That is Helen, brute. Helen Keller. You know, when was, when was Helen Keller around? Like 1900 or so? Right. That's I think like early 1900s. Early 1900s. And the whole situation was she was she had these impairments, but she uh, was taught by a teacher that was, you know, some specialist who developed a way to... It was like hand hand movements, right? Was how she communicated with people. Right. I once yeah, saw a exactly. CBS. I once saw a CBS movie of the week about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is which is that's my source of Helen Keller knowledge. That's my source of almost any knowledge. <laughs> CBS movies of the week. I don't think they still do a movie of the week anymore. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Now everyone's just dumb. Has has a lack of knowledge. Yeah. You know what shows? Uh, speaking of CBS movies of the week, I'm a huge fan of these new shows. Narrated by Morgan Freeman, who, uh, quick sidebar, I would love for him to narrate every single thing I do in my life. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman's yes. voice is yeah. one of the greatest voices to ever exist in the world of voices. Is he anyway, better than James Earl Jones? Oh, yeah. James Earl Jones, so I have always had a problem. James Earl Jones' voice is too deep for me. Okay. It's not something, I don't want to hear James Earl Jones speak to me for an hour. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm a I'm more of a fan of kind of like the soft, like melodious <laughs> Morgan Freeman style. Mm-hmm. He's very soft. Very soft. Very very like pastoral. Very very teacher like. That's why he okay. he does these he does these shows. Have you seen these shows? They're like, uh, are humans alone in the world? Can we live forever? They just basically addresses crazy scientific questions. And this is on CBS. You're not like you're not like accidentally tuning into some Nat Geo like weird 1 a.m. program that he's it on. Might, it, it's not CBS. It's definitely okay. cable. And if you don't have cable, then <laughs> so, this is, so, the, my God. so the segue from a minute ago doesn't really make any sense at all. But well, no, I was talking about how you got knowledge from 
these CBS shows. From the television box. And I was saying that I get my knowledge okay. straight from Morgan Freeman. But he doesn't – does he host or does he just narrate? Is it a weekly show? What does he uh, do? I assume Morgan Freeman knows everything in the show, comes up with a show <laughs> idea, sure. uh, films it, edits it. I, I assume he is the show. I don't he know is I mean. the Louis C.K. of Nat Geo. Yes. He does He does it all. Yeah. They give Morgan Freeman $250,000 and he goes out and makes a show. Yeah, and actually the similarities are are striking. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times Morgan Freeman jokes about rape and killing his children. It's pretty amazing, the similarities between him and Louis C.K. And in that soft, melodious voice, it really, you just let it wash over you like a bath, like a warm Morgan Freeman bath. Oh, it's beautiful. Like it's a beautiful. bath with Morgan Freeman. Exactly. Okay. Well, I, I'd, tune, I'd tune in for that. <laughs> You'd tune in for a show of me bathing with Morgan Freeman? That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if there's a market, sell it. That's all I'm saying. And God, that would sell. That would sell. Woo! Yeah, I'm all about the entrepreneurial spirit. Here's a, here's a question for you. Okay, hit me. So we, we spoke of Louis C.K. Have you been in tune with this whole, like, Daniel Tosh thing and the rape joke? Yeah, um... And then Louis C.K.'s response to it? Well, I don't know about his response. Uh, Carl brought it up on the last Podsiden, or two, two, let's see, two Podsidens ago, Carl brought it up. But oh, he did? I, I, I did not pursue it further than that. Carl Marx? Yeah, Carl Marx. He, he, he came on the show. God, that'd be an awesome guess. We know a guy here, his name is Carl, and he's a super communist. And his father is the writer-director of the original Tron. How does someone get to be a communist? What do you, like in, in America, how does it even, it's kind of out of fashion, right? It's a very he's a very strange young man. I love Carl. Carl's hilarious. Yeah. But he he is the son okay, of a Okay, his name very... is really Carl, Carl the communist. You're telling me that's what's happening? Yes, his name is Carl and he's a communist. It's fantastic. Um this in any other world this would be a bit. He's from a very wealthy family. He goes to Harvard Law. He is yeah. taking full advantage of the wealth and privilege that comes with being the son of a Hollywood director. Gotcha. But he's a communist. I feel like there are no poor communists in America. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's always the rich people who have all the shit that are like, we should all be communists. And the poor people are like, mm, no, I'm just going to go work. Right, because they value their job. Right. Is that is that not – No, that you're, seem... you're true. You're true. I don't know. We've, we've, <laughs> that's, that's my 9 a.m. grammar. You are true. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, just categorically. I'm glad that my complete existence is true. true <laughs> truthfulness and... just exudes from you, comes off of you in waves like that. Morgan Freeman bathwater. Oh my uh, god! As far as Daniel Tosh goes, I didn't. I only know about. It. I didn't hear about. What did C.K. say back to him? It's actually hilarious. Louis C.K. like was on a trip to Vermont and he had no access to the internet and he was watching Daniel Tosh's show and he tweeted, "Tosh, I love your show and you have beautiful eyes" or something like that. Some innocuous tweet. He did not know that Daniel Tosh was mired in this rape controversy. Okay. So. When he gets back to the to the real world, that's not Vermont. Like he he looks up, he has like hundreds of emails, and people are saying he's like a rape apologist, and he's like in the middle of this massive like controversy because of this tweet that he tweeted. Podsiden ten rape apologist. Rape apologist. That's the title. Podsiden ten rape yeah. sweet. <laughs> rape time with Will. Now oh, there's there's, your, there's, hey, hey, there's a on. show right there. Forget the Morgan Freeman. There's your show. Bath time with Dustin and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Rape time with Will. Boom, boom, just success. 
But it's funny. It's funny how bath time with with Dustin and Morgan Freeman is on at the same time as voyeur time with Will. It doesn't. It's weird how those things are on at the same time slot. I am now. I am now really creeped out. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Although, if we're going to be completely honest, I cannot tell you how many times I've looked at you in the shower. So, <laughs> how many times you you snuck in in our awesome dorm showers, like our awesome, like enormous showers? It's they they were showers made for like seven people at once. They're like shower chambers. You didn't have orgy showers? Shower orgies? Yeah. I definitely didn't have orgy showers. Like like I didn't plan. <laughs> we're gonna have an orgy going on. Let's install a shower head over us just so we can like get with the orgy. We can get wetter faster. You know what I loved about those dorm showers? I loved the dorm showers because they had that little anteroom outside of the shower, you know? Yeah, right. They had, like, the pre-shower chamber. They had, yeah, right. They had the they had the little curtain, and they had, like, a <laughs> bench, you know, where you could just get all your, your nudity done and whatnot. <laughs> That's right. And then you had another curtain, and then your shower. You had double layer of privacy right. and a little, like, pre-shower bench area to re- reflect on your life. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Before you go into the shower, you first got to stop and say, "Listen, what am I washing off?" You got to go. You got to like go. What, through the... what events in my life brought me here to this? Yeah. <laughs> what do I need to cleanse myself of? Exactly. That was like a. It's like a kind of a baptism area where you. It is. You you put on a gown. Is that what you did before you showered? You put on a gown. I definitely did that. They had the hanging gowns. I had my little my little hair my little hair covering. What's that called? Yeah. A hair not a hairnet. Shower cap. <laughs> there we go. You wear a hairnet in the shower. It's really kind of weird. I don't know why he does that. Funny enough, we apparently went to a cult college. We went to the, the college of Hale-Bopp or something like that, where they have gowns and hanging things. We did. We did. I cannot tell you how many times I worshipped asteroids. Is that what cults do? Do they worship asteroids? Like that's, It's odd that that would be my first, my first idea of a cult is asteroid worship. I gotta say, that's not a terrible idea for a cult. Like, I, I think that probably exists somewhere. You know, people joke about, oh, they worship everything. You worship a refrigerator. An asteroid seems like something someone might actually worship. True. Because an asteroid would have such such horrifying power. Oh, it might hit the Earth, and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. Everyone's going to, we're all going to die, and we're going to have sneakers. It's a great idea for an endorsement deal. Those sneakers. I cannot tell you how many times those sneakers showed up on the news. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because they had the, because the Hale-Bopp people... Or Haley's the, Bop. I don't. I don't remember Blitzkrieg Bop. I don't remember what the the thing it was, was called. It was, it was Blitzkrieg Bop. That was yeah. what it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was that was the official song of the of the cult. I would keep going, but I can't think of any more Bop jokes. Uh, um, Bop. This might be a good entry point. I have a story I want to tell you. Uh, I was I was watching. Uh, <laughs> I don't even. I kind of don't even know how to start start with this one because it's a it's the sort of story that only I would get worked up about and would label a story. I'm watching. I'm at my play. This is a. Uh, this is a few days ago. Yeah, this is a Wednesday night. I'm. I'm watching. I'm watching uh, Louis at my place. I'm watching the two six, the Pamela episode where he's. You know, he confesses his feelings to Pamela and all that. And mm-hmm. it's a good episode, and I'm into it. And and all of a sudden, there's a knock on my door. Now I've moved in May first. It's now like August. I. This has not happened before. This has never. I. This has never happened. No human being has ever approached your abode? Well, that I didn't go out and, like, let in and the whole thing, right? Okay. So I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little bit... I don't know what exactly... You are just a pillar of masculinity, aren't you? I, I Well, I, I remember vaguely what a person is supposed to do in this situation. Like, Stop, I'd drop, seen, and roll. I'd seen, <laughs> I'd seen my parents answer the door, I'd, I, and, you know, in my life. I've, I've been socialized enough to where I know what to do. 
but I didn't go do it immediately because it just threw me right. And I'm in right. like my underwear, and so I, so I go over and I put on my like my house pants, and I I I have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I Sorry. put on my house pants. That's what I. That the, was, idea, like, the, the idea of house pants to me. Are... <laughs> <laughs> I have my house pants that I have around. You know, I have a comfortable pair of house pants, which. Incidentally, there's like there's now like an enormous hole in the right knee. It's those worn out khakis. You're, you put. you're 97 years old. <laughs> I have my house pants, and uh, good god, I was eating my rice pudding. I was watching my mystery <laughs> stories, and I took some Metamucil, and I went over to the door. So I go, so I, I get, I sort of ready myself, or I ready my person for, and I unlock the door, I open the door, and there is uh, an Asian girl standing there. Whoa! And my, and my first thought, right? My first thought is like, oh my god, I've, it's finally happened. I've finally, literally, gone crazy. And in some like blackout, I called for something that I'm going to regret now. But no, she says hello, and I say hi, and uh, she says, oh, I like your mustache. N- now, listeners who don't know me won't know this, but I don't, I don't have a mustache. I, I, ha- I have a beard. Yeah, yes. I don't know. Is there another word for beard? That means like less than normal beard. Yeah, I have like a, I have an amalgamation of facial hair that I wish to be a he, beard. He has, he has a beardette. We'll say that. Yeah, I have like a junior beard. Right. And it's a light beard. But a beard. <laughs> but a, yeah, beard light. Have you have you tried the awesome new beard light? It's really it only has sixty calories. But so, but I and so I kind of don't really know how to respond to that. I mean. First of all, it's like she does have kind of a little bit of an accent, so I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, English is not her first language. She's just getting her words mixed up, and that's fine. She's just trying to be nice. I guess this is her idea of being friendly. What an odd thing to say to someone in such a strange meeting. Right. It's like she's – I like your mustache, and it's like telling someone who has a car I like your dashboard. I mean, yes, I have the same hair that would be required to have a mustache – but I also have more. I have a more complete facial hair thing going on right. because I'm not about to. I'm not about to start rocking a mustache. Like you know, ev- everyone be assured that's not that is <laughs> that's not in the cards. You would for me. literally be arrested the moment you stepped outside of your house. No, the oh, the moment it, the moment I shaved it in my house, they would break in. The SWAT team FBI, would knock your door down. Yeah, yeah, get down! Like they would swoop into my home. Minority and Report just, would just be going wild. We have we have just a super pedophile who's just somewhere on, on in like Washington. Samantha Morton would just rise up out of the water and be like mustache, and then it would just all be over. I would be in prison for life. Right. So I'm. I say, oh, I, she says about the must. She says that about the mustache. I say, oh, thank you. And I, you know, I don't know what to say. I say thank you, and she says, um, "So I'm here. I'm out. I'm 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 walking around trying to collect donations for this cause." And she's got a whole cause, and she says, "Have you heard of us?" And I say, "Not really thinking, you know, right. I'm still sort of jarred by the whole experience that's happening to me right now." I say, "No, I haven't heard of you." So oh. then that's her cue. She goes into a whole, she goes into the whole thing, and she's got pamphlets, and she's got I'm with Restaurant.com. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Why did I even say this? You know, I'm I'm relatively certain that the complex has some sort of no solicitations rule. Like, I, she's not supposed to be doing this. And finally, she like takes takes a breath, and I say, okay, wait, wait a minute. Let me let me uh, stop you right now. I, I appreciate what you're doing, but I'm not interested in donating at this time. Okay. And she says, oh. Uh, can I ask what's holding you back? That's her phrasing. She says, can I ask what's holding you back? Which is <laughs> 
Kind of a weird way to say that. Yeah. And so I say immediately, well, the fact that I don't want to give you any of my money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I mean, like, that's, that was, I was just, this is a stranger with whom I can be totally honest. You know, that, that, that's, that's the true. honest response. I don't want to give you any of the money that I have. I want my money to stay here. With, 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 well, I don't have much of it, and what money I have I want will to keep, be remaining right. with me. I don't know, like, you know, you have some kind of weird cause and you're not even really supposed to be doing this. Maybe if you were slightly more legit, I would consider giving you some money. But I don't say sorry. I was actually really proud of myself because you always tell these people I'm sorry. Right. Right? And and I and no, you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to apologize to someone who's asking you for shit. That's true. I'm trying to minimize the amount of apology apologizing I'm doing because I do it way too much. That's true. It's, you, it's you, like a you self- apologized for rape earlier today. I, Unbelievable. I sh- and no one should ever apologize for that. No. Um, so well, what'd, she she, say, what'd she say in response? What was her well, response she, to this? Well, she gets it. She gets it. She's like, okay, well, have a good day. And I'm like, all right, you know, later on. So I close my door and I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of worked up. I'm weirded out. But not only had the hot air been streaming in from outside, but I'm like, it's an uncomfortable situation. I start, I start analyzing it and I get worked up into my whole thing. You're in your house pants. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my house pants, which should minimize the sort of the sort of distress I'm in because they're so comfortable but it just they don't even they're not even helping at all wow so I calm down I calm down I go back to Louie that's only part one of the story though oh my god okay I know it's it's it was a day for me um and this and that was like at I don't know 7 p.m. or something it was still light outside but it was like getting to dusk later on when it was full on dark I went over to Barnes and Noble they've got their Criterion video sale going on and, you know, I want to go go browse around. Um, I, I'm in Barnes & Noble for like 30 minutes. I dick around. I look at the videos. I go look at the fantasy books. And I don't end up buying anything, which is when you go somewhere and then you don't buy anything, you're already kind of feeling a little rotten, right? Like, Oh, yeah. You, it doesn't – You people like to buy things. I'm no exception. If anything, I'm like worse because I have so little else to validate in my life that I like buying things is just this rush. You know what I'm saying? Right. So – so I leave without buying anything, which is kind of disappointing. Kills your buzz. Kills my buzz. And, and like, for, I, this Barnes & Noble is, it's in a whole shopping center. I think there's a grocery store next door. And outside of the grocery store, it's it's crowded. There's, like, a bunch of people. And, you know, it's nighttime, and I don't want to be seen by all these people. Please tell so, me you're not in your house pants. <laughs> I, I put on some jeans. I'm not still in my house pants. No, okay, that would good. be, that wouldn't really work going out into the world because the, when I have my house pants on, I'm just wearing an undershirt. And, you know, I can't – that's one of my things. I can't wear an undershirt out into the world. That's true. I can't go further than, like, my dwelling. Now that I live in an apartment, I can't go further than the gates of the apartment. You know, it used to be I couldn't go further than, like, the sidewalk. Right. When I was in the house. Now now it's just you can't go out in there. But anyway, I'm, 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 I'm exiting Barnes & Noble. I get away from, like, the loud group of people who seem to be staring at me. I don't like it. Right, the, right. I am – I don't know, like – 30 pace I, I parked kind of far away because I didn't want to it was like I said it was crowded I don't know why it was crowded at like 9.30pm in this shopping center but I'm like it was 30, a big party they're having a yeah, big party big they're having a big grocery party. store party or something I'm like 30 paces from my car 30, 30 paces apparently I'm <laughs> this is Clint Eastwood over here you're, but, you're about to turn and draw okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing yeah I'm 30 paces away from my car I see this other person kind of not like in, not like right in front of me, but kind of moving on my left hand side it, towards my trajectory, right? So I'm like, okay, what's what's about to go on here? Did your did your born identity senses start to tingle? 
Yeah, I'm like searching for all. I'm, I'm like, what is the nearest car in which I could find a weapon? There was like a truck next to me. No, I don't have any. I don't have those awesome. If I had those awesome born identity senses, I wouldn't get all worked up like this, right? Right. So, so this woman is approaching me on my left, and she's look. She looks a little weird, like not. Not homeless, but like she's not – something's not really quite right with her. You know, she's – I don't know. She's strung out on something. So she walks up to me. She's kind of in my way now between me and the car. So I have to kind of stop and like move to go – like not stop but slow my pace and move to go around her. And she says, hi, uh, can you help me out? I've I, – I don't have any gas in my car. I'm trying to get to Louisville. I just need – I need a few dollars for gas. Do you have anything – do you have any cash on you? Now, all of the following that I'm about to tell you transpires in, you know, what, like, uh, just no more than a second, right? Like, milliseconds, because that's the speed of thought, you know, the speed of thought. Right, I right. go through. I go through so many permutations of how this could end in the next, in the following, like, 100 milliseconds. I'm going through all these things in my mind. Like, she is clearly not, you know, quite in her, in her head correctly. She's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's maybe, you know, her teeth are a little weird. Like, she's not, she's disheveled, right? Ooh, and, yeah, not a good sign. So, so, but I'm also going through like, okay, wait a minute. You're on the wrong side of the freeway to have pulled over because you're lacking gas if you're going towards Louisville. And then also like you're, you know, where? why wouldn't you go to a gas station and ask people for money there so you could just get the gas there and bring it back to your car? Like none of it really, none of it makes any sense, Right, right. So I tell her. Although, so I tell, if we're going to be 100% honest, I, I don't really think that. Uh, she probably had a foolproof story. <laughs> well, no, no. Like... That, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. I this was everything was not quite right. Like, even right. if I were in my very rare like give humanity the benefit of the doubt mode, it didn't seem quite right. So I say, no, I don't. I don't carry any cash, which is like the most. I have never told a purer lie in my life. Of course, everyone carries cash. That's a ridiculous thing to say, but it's that's I don't have any cash. So she said. Okay. And she walked off. Like she, you know, there wasn't any of that like thank you or god bless you or whatever. She just like she's uh, she was done with me. <laughs> so she, you you were you were not uh a source of income. So But I left. but I had to lie to get through the situation. So as I I continue my journey to the car, this whole thing happens in like a matter of seconds and where I was completely dry, by the time I get to my car, I am soaked with sweat because I'm now I'm really worked up all over again in an even worse way. Because I li- I lied. I had to lie to get through this situation. And I get in my car and I'm like – I'm just sitting there stewing in my anger and I'm – I don't even – on the way home, I don't even turn any music on or anything. I just sit there and I I work it over in my mind like a crazy person and I'm like, you know, really God, like twice in one day, you're going to you're gonna assault me with these weirdos. I, you life know is, what life is, is, is hard, a problem dude. I have? So um, there are a ton of people in Boston that are like not – they're more like uh, uh, woman A than woman B in your story. People who are okay. like standing out with like the Planned Parenthood or the Red Cross vests. You yeah, know? they've all got a cause. It's like we get it. And uh, I always feel like I want to – because they always try and be so weirdly cheerful. You know, you know what I'm talking about? They're always like, hey, buddy, ha- yeah. having a great day? And they I like hold, your mustache, And I always want to yeah. respond with something witty. You know, I always sure. want to be like that guy who says something cool. Right. Are you trying to be cool like you're trying to be cute with him or are you just trying to be funny? I'm try- just trying to be funny. Just trying to say something that, you know, uh, saying no in a, in a way better than like, no, 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 you know, like that. But it always, it always comes out like that. I always look like an idiot. I'll, I'll p- pick up my phone once I tried to – it was the, the worst 
Like <laughs> you did the phone, phone thing. It was the worst fake <laughs> phone call ever because the guy looks at me. We make eye contact. As I'm looking at him, I pull out my phone and go, hello? Uh. As I'm walking, it's like nobody in the world thought I was actually on the phone. No, nobody. He didn't. And, people and who it, don't know how phones work didn't even buy that. Right, exactly. P- people who thought I was pulling out like a, like a piece of meat <laughs> knew I wasn't talking to another human being. It was you might as well have pulled out like a but, rubber chicken and raised it to your head. That was exactly. how effective your ruse was, yeah. I always and – and the problem though is here's, – here's my problem. Okay. Is when I'm like 10 – I'm going to use your word paces here. When I'm, like, <laughs> when I'm like 10 paces past the said causal beggar, whatever yeah. you call them. <laughs> sure. Uh, I always come up with like an amazing thing to say. You know? right. <laughs> and I, I want right. to like walk back. Clearly, if, if they wouldn't recognize me again, I, I would so would walk back and say whatever witty thing came to my mind, but okay. I never do it. And so whatever, what, either what happens is I, I mumble no or say the worst thing is no thank you, like they're offering me a piece of cake. You know? <laughs> right, oh, like, oh. It's like, would you like two tickets to Karib? <laughs> Karib? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a slang for, I don't know, never who mind. Goes to, who goes to, you are 97 with your Bermuda I, shorts and your socks and sandals. What is your problem? <laughs> I don't have, I have house pants. I don't have any shorts. When was the last time you saw me in shorts? I did used uh, to have a pair of house shorts. You did have a pair of house shorts. I'm not into that now. Um, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like I. Yeah, I do. I just really wish I could come up with something witty to say. Do you ever, when you come up with your remark, like ten seconds later, do you just do you use it on the next weirdo, or is it always contextual? It doesn't work. Here's the problem. I would love to, and I try and remember it, but I just I get I get in this moment. I don't know why they unnerve me so much. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm right there with you. They just get me like. Yeah, really feeling all weird, and because so I it's... lose all mental fortitude that right. I have going. I mean, I'll see him sometimes. I'll see them from afar, you know, right. and I'll say, "Hey, I'm <laughs> I'm maybe fifty paces from this person." You know, from like way far away, uh, this is gonna we're gonna be a thing here. Well, I can just feel the cloud of frustration among yep. all the other pedestrians. Yep. But anyway, so I come up with something witty to say. I come up with something, you know, and then by the time I get there, I just lose all ability to say meaningful things and i just mumble a no thank you or uh, right. you know or, or whatever i have grunted at people before like i i have walked through the, <laughs> I, so there was some guy who um was it was for planned parenthood he was like do you have a do you have a second for planned parenthood i, I wanted to say like oh i have a i have you know hours to spend or whatever something i wanted to say something right. that wasn't just no but I didn't even say no. I walked near the guy, and I'm not exaggerating. I walked near the guy. He said, do you have a second for Planned Parenthood? And I went, uh. <laughs> and I walked on by. It was like. It's good. He must yeah. have thought I was like like an idiot, like a legitimate, like a handicapped human he being. He thought you were a dullard, yeah. No, I, it's, I, I know what you're saying. The reason we get worked, so worked up over this is because it's, it's shame and it's guilt, but we don't know how much shame and guilt we should be having in this situation, if any. So it's mm-hmm. confusing. The, the, like the moral... You know, the karmic sort of situation is not very clear. So when I got in my car after the, the meth head at the end uh, had, had came up to me, you know, I, I was just angry at everyone. I was angry at the world, at everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I don't, and I don't even know why. It's like, why am I angry? Nothing happened. Right. You know, it's over. But I stew about it. Mm-hmm. Same here. Same here. Yeah. yeah. I did. So I will say, well, one of my first probably week or two in uh, Boston – and I was walking. There's a Barnes and Noble near where I work, and I was walking down there to buy a book. 
Okay. And there was someone outside the Barnes and Noble. And I did have one instance in my life where I had a, I feel like a good response. Okay. The guy came up and he had his little clipboard where you're supposed to first off, you're supposed to write your credit card number on their little clipboard. Right. Like that's ever going to happen in the real yeah, world. That's crazy. Please. Ain't going to happen. So, so the guy was like, hey, I like identity theft, like the whole thing. You would never hear the end of that. Oh, it's absurd. Um, so anyway, he was like, do you have a minute for, I think that one was the red cross or whatever. Okay. And I, and I, and I, and I he was like, do you have a minute for the red cross? And I was like, I was like, no man, sorry. I, you know? And he was like, and this is what prompted my response. He like started to harass me. He was like, oh, okay. I see you with your nice clothes. You don't have a minute to spare. First off, first, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, first off, you know me. Do I own nice clothes? Do I, <laughs> am I am I like yeah. you know, Fancy pants. Justin just, Giorgio Armani over here? Yeah, just like, tuxedos everywhere. Right. And so I stopped by the I mean, you don't dress like, poorly. You dress like a human being. Right. I didn't have my diamond suit on. Excuse me. Yeah, for, right. You know. So anyway, I turned to the guy and I was like, I am not dressed nicely. <laughs> like, and then, and, then, and then he was like, hey, man, I just want to know if you've got some time. Maybe you can spare like 5 or $10 for the Red Cross. And so my response to him was, and I was really proud of this one. I was like, you want me to write my credit card number on your clipboard? I was like, yeah. what, why don't I just get my social security number and write it on, on a piece of paper and just hand it out to everybody in the world? Why don't I give you my birth date, my mother's right. maiden name? Here's my house key. And, and then and his response was, his response was, hey, man, this is really – uh, I, you know, I guard this clipboard. And this is, I'm not exaggerating. He was like, I guard this clipboard, man, with my life. So he kept going. He kept, he wouldn't leave you alone even after no, that. No, no, no. He clearly was like, we were starting to have a, a, a little, a little a thing ra- here. You were, a little, you were a rowing, as the Brits say. Yeah. And so then I just said, if I donate, I'll donate online. And I turned right. around and I walked into Barnes Noble and I heard him go, hey. And then that was it. He was going to, so he called after you? He called after me. And I, I, I mean, later, I later <laughs> learned that they get paid off of, like, commission. You know what I'm saying? So if you donate online, they don't get any money. But anyway, that was my one time where I was proud of my yeah, okay. my, my conviction. You know what I'm saying? Right, like I, right, was, right. I was not some sniveling, grunting pile of, of just worthlessness. Yeah. I, like, had a response. Yeah. No, and I, I think it you. was because this is the only time I've ever been, like, legitimately heckled. Well, you were provoked. You were right. You, yeah. I was just – I don't know why, but the comment about me being in nice clothes just like infuriated me. I was wearing a shirt that I literally – I got from my grandfather. I was wearing a shirt that might be older than I am, <laughs> like legitimately. It was, yeah. a, it was a button-up shirt with blue stripes. Nothing about it just screamed wealth and opulence. It literally like it tainted the rest of my day. Oh, I yeah, could, yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about this, this just gaping maw of an asshole for like 18 hours, you yeah. know? Oh yeah, and I felt I, I I lost all I lost all sense of like power when uh, on the way out I like went out a side entrance like into an alley so I <laughs> sure. could avoid him. <laughs> like yeah, that was my one. I knew that if I had confronted him again, I'd be like, fine, here's a ton of money, whatever. You know, right. I had to. My my only impression with this guy had to be one of strength, one of confidence. Ah, uh, I don't know. What are you gonna do? Anyway, oh, anyway. Uh, you know, I had a. I, I noticed this the other day. I guess this is kind of old news, but I just saw it yesterday. Uh, I know how much you like Ricky Gervais. I know you're a big fan. I know you're an enormous fan of the man. Did you know he is also, in addition to being a great, a renowned artist in the field of comedy, the great art of comedy, he is he's, also he's got, now... He's got, a, he's got a deft hand. I would describe him as subtle. <laughs> I would describe him as, as eloquent. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the guy's a master. Anyway, continue, yeah. continue. I yeah, bow yeah. at his feet. He is okay. the master. Yeah. yeah, he is also now a painter. 
<laughs> well. Yeah. Yay. This is recently he created a painting, but this is a painting that was called Sunset Cityscape. All right. Yikes. Which, you know, that's that's fine. And the painting was put up for auction for some charity thing. What was the amount of money that was bid on Ricky Gervais' painting? Uh, $250,000. Zero dollars. No <laughs> one bid. No one bid on Ricky Gervais' Cityscape Sunset Dumb Painting. Yes. I thought you. I just thought you would enjoy that piece of news because yeah, it's pretty fantastic. I saw this and I thought, what well, you know, and I don't. I don't dislike him as much as you do, but he is a smug, smug asshole. And so, anytime, like, hey, here's my painting. Like, really, Ricky Gervais? Right. How's your awesome art education, Ricky Gervais? Here, let me paint like a bowl of fruit. Jillian and I watched the movie Paul. Have you seen this movie? This movie about the alien. It was just not good. Yeah. And I and I am someone who just. Like, if you look at my Netflix, it's almost entirely five and four stars. Like, I generally don't yeah. dislike movies. And I, <laughs> yeah, you're a nice guy. You, someone, someone put their effort into this. You know, hey, five, four stars. Right. And, and, I, and I, I mean, I would give this a solid two. Can I give you a Netflix pick? Oh, please do. This is something we've been doing on Podsiden. There are a lot of hidden gems on Netflix Instant. Oh, yeah. And I want to get word out about those. Okay, I will um, do the same. Give me yours, and I'll give you one. Oh, you have okay, great. Oh, definitely, definitely. This is this is a 1986 film called Un- Unmasking the Idol. Okay, Unmasking the Idol. Okay. Let me read you the uh, synopsis of this thing. Okay. Okay. The fate of the world rests on the shoulders of international super spy Duncan Jacks and his indispensable sidekick Boone the Baboon. <laughs> they must block. They must block the power-mad Scarlet Leader from executing a plan to power up World War III. I don't know what that means. Facing his stiffest challenge yet, <clears throat> the Master Ninja's mission... Wait, is he a ninja or a super spy? The Master Ninja's mission is to storm the Caribbean, or the Carib, stronghold of reclusive computer wizard Goldtooth, and unman him of the atomic keys to destruction. Unmasking the Idol, 1986, directed by a man named... This is not a goof. The man's name is Worth Keeter. Worth Keeter. Worth. His hmm. first name is Worth. I don't know about all that. Anyway, Unmasking the Idol. International super spy Duncan Jacks. That sounds pretty fantastic. Sounds terrific, right? Yes. So let me give you um, a... I'm going to give you a another movie that I feel like was good, but for all the very wrong reasons. Yeah, for the same reason so, as that one, right? Right. And I've never seen this movie, but it has been in my top five of Instant Watch forever. And it's Valhalla Rising. Have you seen this on Instant Watch? I have seen it on Instant Watch. I, I don't know whether it's I should look at it or not. The the main character's name is Mads Mikkelsen. That's <laughs> the actor or the character? That's the actor. That's um, awesome. That's that's the best. Right. That is and, and, the uh, most Scandinavian um, name I've ever heard. Right, with two Ks. Of course, Mickelson has two Ks. But here's the, here's the little synopsis. It's from 2009. It's not rated, first off, in R. Okay. In a sexy way or in a just a lame violence way? No idea. But here's, okay. here's the description. Uh, a warrior kills his master and escapes with the man's son. They set sail with a band of Christian crusaders and end up in the nightmarish New World. All right, I'm on board. Right? and But what's so great about this movie is not the description. It's not even Mads Mikkelsen. Okay. It's the cover is just a man staring off into the distance. The most muscular person I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, right. 
And he is covered in, like, Nordic tattoos. And the <laughs> okay. background is like a, a nightmarish, uh, impressionistic mountainscape. Did this movie, is this new? Did it come in before or after the whole the Spartacus, uh, Spartacus, uh, you know, the TV show? 2009. Oh, <laughs> I just, I, here, I, I came to the comments. Okay. And I want, I want to read you, I think, just, it, it, this is just a genius. This is yes. Just a beautiful comment. All right. And so make sure this is Valhalla Rising by Mads Mikkelsen. It, this isn't, you know, this isn't Deer Hunter. So here's the comment. To be sure, Valhalla Rising is not an easy film. <laughs> it relies on atmosphere. No, 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 get this. It I'm relies sorry. on atmosphere and demands, demands a great deal of interpretation from its viewers. Sure. Visually, Valhalla Rising is spectacular. And the soundtrack builds intensity, even when you are at a complete loss as to what is happening. <laughs> many have many have critiqued the lack of a plot. However, this is, in my opinion, the genius of the film. Right. Yeah, you don't want a movie with a plot. God forbid. Right. Oh, so, oh my God. Oh my God. Here, I, I, this will be the last line I share. However. Okay. Life only makes sense retrospectively as we shape it into narrative form. Thus. Valhalla Rising forces us to interpret its events, to shape a narrative, to make sense of a brutal and disorienting reality. Man. Wow. I feel like I just took a bong hit. Wow. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. Holy cow. This is the great movie of our generation, and it is flying so far under the radar. Man, that, that new Alexander Payne joint. Valhalla Rising is just is just the best. I love that first line. Not an easy film. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> oh my oh, god! I'm glad you found that. Yeah. Can you read the line about plot to me again? What was yeah. the line about plot? Let me let me find it. I was so I'd like to point out though something about Netflix. The comments are just one of. I mean, I could spend days reading people's. Comment no, about no lie. Game. I have actually considered making that a segment on Podsiden. Here we go. Uh, you mean the many have critiqued the lack of a plot? However, this is, in my opinion, the genius of the film. So, like, I don't. No, get get this get get this next line by simply presenting a vision of violent realism. Refn, the director, underscores the fact that narrative is something we impose on events. Wow. Wait a wait a minute, Refn. Refn. The dude who directed Drive? Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah, that's the Drive dude. That is Drive. Maybe this is a decent movie. I, I don't even know. I don't know where to begin. The The character's name comes up. The character, just take one wild guess as to what the character's name in Valhalla Rising is. Thor Thorson. One-Eye. <laughs> okay, sure. His so, name like, is One-Eye. One-Eye-son, yeah. The, the, comment, the people who write these comments are like, I want to hang out with all of these people. Listen to this one. A truly audacious, spellbinding, and unconventional film that captures the primal and mysterious essence of the wilderness and the unknown. What? Like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, like, how? I guess we need to watch this movie right now. No, I, we definitely need to. I don't understand how, I mean, every one of these, and it's funny because every comment, although here's a one star, it just says, don't waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sure. You gotta have a counterpoint. After all of these comments that are like an audacious genius film, we've got Captain, you know, Douche McAllister here is like, don't waste your time. 
is douche McAllister is he is he part of uh the home alone movies was that was he one of the <laughs> he was in that family yeah that he was, was the, one of Macaulay Culkin's siblings who was like mean to him douche right. McAllister douche McAllister oh, here we go dear. here's here's another great this is the last uh review I'll read but it's fantastic the editors slash filmmakers must have been been on mind-altering drugs no plot no dialogue no stars okay Valhalla Rising. All right. Well, it's on, now it's on the list. I got to watch it now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And apparently, I need to just just eat a ton of mushrooms before I watch it. Yeah. If I synced up Valhalla Rising with Dark Side of the Moon, would there just be a paradox of like insight that I would have? Would I become? I feel the like your person? I feel like your mind would literally explode. Would actually physically explode would just from blow, the like from it the would just knowledge. total scanner situation. It would just boom. Yeah. Yeah. Just a I blast of mind goo. <laughs> oh. um... Mind you. Let's switch gears for a minute. I want to tell you about August. August.